Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Ken Lu. Coming up in this edition, Hamas says it received and is studying a new proposal of the three-stage truce with Israel. The U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security is considering articles of impeachment for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the influx of migrants crossing the U.S. border with Mexico. And Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi says China hopes this year's UN Summit of the Future will come up with feasible solutions for major issues of global concern. We start with the Israel-Hamas conflict. Hamas has confirmed that it is studying a three-phase proposal for truce in Gaza. The Palestinian group's political leader Ismail Haniyeh said in a statement that the group is open to discussing any serious and practical initiatives or ideas, provided that they lead to a complete cessation of hostilities. Hamas also said that the plan must ensure the complete withdrawal of Israeli forces from the Gaza Strip. Meantime, media reports say a Hamas delegation is set to travel to Egypt to discuss the peace deal. Nor Harazian Hesmol from Rafa City. Yes, Hamas from their side, they said that they are reviewing this uh, truce uh, plan. Hamas, who is now residing in Qatar, said that they also got an invitation to go to Cairo to discuss the implementation of this truce. But here is the thing. Hamas has repeatedly said that they will not accept any truce unless Israel stops a tour on Gaza completely and the Israeli army, the Israeli troops withdraw from the coastal enclave. On the other hand, and we have Israel who said that they will not stop oper- the, their operation until they end Hamas control on Gaza. So it is still not clear if there will be a real truce agreement, a ceasefire in the upcoming days, maybe weeks. But uh, we do know the position of the two sides. The Israeli warplanes launched several uh, strikes on the city, on central Gaza City, and on densely populated areas like the Ashifa, surrounding the Ashifa Hospital, Arimal, Sheikh Radwan, and Nasser, and all of these areas were actually empty before. And after the Israeli withdrawal from the central Gaza, Palestinians went back to their homes in these areas in central uh, Gaza, in the heart of Gaza City. But now, again, the Israeli uh, warplanes and the Israeli Israeli army started a new round of uh, attacks on the same areas. That's Noor Harazin in Rafa. Elsewhere in Gaza, Palestinian media say Israeli forces stormed Al Amor Hospital in Hayounis on Tuesday. Israel has denied the report. Thousands of Palestinians have sought refuge at the hospital in southern Gaza. The hospital and its vicinity have seen intense Israeli shelling in the past week. Dozens of Palestinians have been killed or injured, and hundreds displaced. Sarah Coates has more from Tel Aviv. We do know that heavy fighting is continuing right across the Strip. The Israeli military has ordered fresh evacuations for people in western Gaza City. The military telling these people to move south. But look, there is, uh, of course, many people already in the south, very overcrowded. Now, when it comes to Khan Yunus, this is that southern city, we do know that there's still a heavy troop presence there. The Israeli military is denying reports that it stormed the Al-Amal hospital Hospital, which is a hospital there in Khan Yunus, saying that it did not order people out of this hospital, displace people out at gunpoint. Also, the military 
is confirming, this is after reports uh, two months ago, that it is now flooding tunnels underneath the Gaza Strip with seawater from the Mediterranean. Uh, this was had reported around uh, November, December last year. There really are concerns as to what this could actually do. Uh, analysts say that this could actually further contaminate the little water, the little clean water that is left in the Gaza Strip, also potentially destroying soil. But the military is pretty firm in its stance, believing that this could actually destroy these tunnels, potentially flush out Hamas militants. But there are, of course, concerns over these hostages. We do need to remember that there are still around 130 or so hostages that do remain in the Strip, and their families are extremely concerned that this operation by the IDF could actually kill their loved ones. That's Sarah Coates in Tel Aviv. Multiple UN agencies and international organizations have issued a statement highlighting what they describe as catastrophic consequences of cutting off funding to the UN's Palestinian refugee agency, UNRWA. At the recent Security Council meeting, Senior Humanitarian and Reconstruction Coordinator for Gaza, Sigrid Karg, said UNRWA cannot be replaced, despite the allegations about its staff. Jody Jacobs has more from New York. Following a resolution passed in December, Segret Kar was appointed by the UN Secretary General with a clear mandate to establish a UN mechanism for accelerating humanitarian aid to Gaza. Following a closed-door Security Council meeting on Tuesday, Kar addressed reporters for the first time in her capacity as the UN Senior Humanitarian Coordinator for Gaza. She says she is working extremely hard to remove the obstacles in getting much-needed aid to the Palestinian enclave. We're also obviously discussing on behalf of the humanitarian community uh, what would be the basic humanitarian commodities and goods that ought to be allowed into Gaza. And then you have a wide category within. Um, Equally so, as I said, commercial goods need to be allowed back in. There'll be no recovery, let alone reconstruction in future, without that broad bandwidth. But these are not necessarily discussions we can resolve from one day to the next. Several nations have paused funding to the UN's Palestinian Relief Agency in response to allegations that 12 staff members participated in the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel. Responding to the pauses to UNRWA funding, Kach made it clear that there is no alternative source to carry out the humanitarian work done by the aid agency. She says she hopes that there's a resolution to the funding impasse, especially as ANWA has reported its current funding might run out as early as February. Donor countries, of course, have set their parameters and also have, give, have given clarity. It's an ongoing discussion. There's no substitution for the humanitarian role that is played in Gaza. We need to all ramp up, given the totality of needs and the scale and the complexity of the crisis, but there's no substitution. But the U.S. says its funding to UNRWA will remain paused until a comprehensive and independent assessment and review of UNRWA is done. We need to see fundamental uh, changes before we can resume providing uh, funding directly to UNRWA. And as you know, we shouldn't let that cloud the great work that UNRWA does. UNRWA has provided essential humanitarian assistance to the Palestinian people. And UNRWA is the only organization on the ground that has the capacity to continue to provide that assistance. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is holding talks with major donors to UNRWA on Tuesday, hoping to convince them to reconsider their decision to pause funding. 
A group of leading international aid agencies and NGOs have also called on those countries to reaffirm support for the vital work the UN agency does in Gaza and the region. That was Jody Jacobs in New York. In the United States, the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security is considering articles of impeachment for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the influx of migrants crossing the U.S. border with Mexico. Mayorkas has defended his actions and argued that Congress has failed to provide the administration the tools and the legal authority needed to address the issues at the border. Caroline Malone has more in Washington. Members of a House committee accuse the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas of not abide by his job, not abiding by immigration law, uh, by breaking the law, by not better protecting the U.S. border, and also of losing public trust because he hasn't been willing to be part of oversight being put forward by his own department and committee members of the House. Now he's pushed back against those allegations. He said in a long letter to members of Congress on Tuesday. That he has provided thousands of pages of documents, that he has been willing to appear before Congress, and that he absolutely will not let this distract him from the very important job that he continues to do to protect the U.S. border. Now, something like 10,000 people are trying to illegally cross U.S. borders every day at the moment in the United States. They are usually stopped by border agents and end up at detention centres. Those are overflowing with people, and that's part of the contentious issue, particularly for people living in border. States where this has become very challenging, but Democrats in Congress have pointed out that the Republicans don't have enough of a case. They don't have enough facts to push this towards an impeachment of Mayorkas. They say this is just、um, a difference of opinion about policy and how to treat this very important border security issue. There is, at the same time, discussions ongoing about a border security bill by senators. President Biden asked Congress at the end of last year to push forward more funding for Israel and Ukraine. Republicans wanted that tied with border security money, and they're pushing for more funding for the border. So a bipartisan group has been negotiating that and has come all the way to getting more than 90% of a draft deal done. However, we're now hearing from Republicans that because their presumptive Republican candidate for president, Donald Trump, the former president, doesn't necessarily agree with this bill, it's unlikely to go forward anymore. But it's such an important issue that even President Biden has been speaking at events recently and saying if he was able to shut down the border, if Congress gave him approval, then he would. But he wants to see that bill passed because he sees that as the best way forward for protecting the U.S. border. That was Caroline Malone reporting from Washington. Meanwhile, the United States says it will reinstate sanctions on Venezuela. The decision comes after Venezuela's Supreme Court banned opposition candidates from running in the presidential elections scheduled for later this year. Maritrini Mina reports from Caracas. The White House has confirmed it will end the easing of sanctions on Venezuela beginning in the middle of February. This comes after Venezuela's Supreme Court. Upheld a 15-year ban on presidential hopeful Maria Corina Machado, who is the main candidate for the opposition, the top court also confirmed the ineligibility of her possible replacement, two-time presidential candidate Enrique Capriles. Neither of them can run in this year's expected presidential election. For the United States, 
The ruling by Venezuela's Supreme Court of Justice prevents what it says is a competitive, free and fair election. The decision by the country's top court came on the same day several opposition figures were detained. The Treasury Department warned U.S. companies doing business with Venezuela's state-owned mining firm Minerven to finish winding down their dealings with the company by February 30th. Last October, the United States granted some relief to sanctions that were in place on the oil and gas sector. Now, according to White House officials, the six-month sanctions freeze will not be renewed when the agreement ends in April. The Venezuelan government and the opposition had established a separate political agreement, including the participation of international observers and reviewing the ban on several opposition candidates. The deal is now in question. Venezuelan officials have said they are willing to keep talking. However, the court's ruling cannot be modified. That was Mary Trini Minna in Venezuela. Turning to China, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has reiterated China's support for multilateralism and the United Nations' central role in global governance. The senior diplomat had a meeting with the UN General Assembly President Dennis Francis in Beijing. Wang said China hopes this year's UN Summit of the Future will come up with feasible solutions for major issues of global concern. Dong Xue has more. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said China will continue to support the United Nations as the global governor's system to play a greater role in accordance with the Charter for International Issues. Wang Yi made the remarks while hosting the visiting president of the UN General Assembly, Dennis Francis, in Beijing. Wang said China is a staunch advocate of multilateralism, defender of the UN Charter, and firm practitioner of international law. Despite the unprecedented challenges the world is facing, Wang said, China will always advocate an equal and orderly multipolar world and an economic globalization that benefits all. He said China will continue to stand firmly on the side of developing countries and make its own efforts to safeguard the legitimate rights of developing countries. For his part, Francis commended China's commitment to people-centered and sustainable development, which is highly in line with the UN vision. In September this year, the UN is set to hold a future summit aimed at promoting peace, stability, development, and prosperity of all countries. Francis said that anticipation about China's role is running high. He added that the United Nations is ready to deepen cooperation with China to jointly address global challenges. And promote the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Francis also mentioned his visit to Shanghai, where he inspected a poverty alleviation project. Where he said that the rest of the world, particularly the global South, could learn from China's unwavering focus on addressing development issues. Now, was Dong Xue on the UN General Assembly President's visit to China? Recapping today's headlines. Hamas says it received and is studying a new proposal of a three-state truce with Israel. The U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security is considering articles of impeachment for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the influx of migrants crossing the U.S. border with Mexico. And Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met the UN General Assembly President in Beijing and expressed his hope that this year's UN Summit of the Future will come up with feasible solutions for major issues of global concern. 
That's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tianlu. Thank you for listening.